Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches, doing the work, changing lives every single day. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with Mike DeVito from CrossFit Delco in Ridley Township, Pennsylvania. Mike, how's it going, man? Yeah, it's going great. Thank you, uh, one, for having me. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to be on the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, excited to talk about Delco and what you're doing down there. So let's get into it. Tell us, who is Delco? What are you about? What are you doing there? Yeah, great, great, great question. And we get asked that a lot too, right? Why did we name the, the gym CrossFit Delco? So, you know, Delco uh, in the area that we are, is, you know, short for, for Delaware County, uh, but it's Delco is really just a true, true community. You know, everyone that 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 lives in Delaware County um, just has that certain vibe. You know, so when 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 we wanted to to name the gym, we we struggled for a long time. You know, we got our members involved. You know, who are we? And ultimately, what it came down to, we are us. We're Delco. So it just made sense to just to name our gym that. So um, the the beauty of CrossFit Delco is our community. You know, it's it, it's. It's, it's we're, we're true family. Yeah. That sounds like it'd be great on a shirt, man. We are Delco. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we might have that. If not, I'm going to put it on a shirt. There you that's go. Send me one, right? Absolutely. So community, right? That's, that's one of the biggest, strongest words that anybody who's been in or around the CrossFit, CrossFit sphere comes across, right? That's what brings people together whether they know it or not, no one goes to a gym saying, Hey, I'm looking for community. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, Hey, you guys got any of that community over there? Like, but it's what makes people, one of the things that makes people stick, right. All CrossFit gyms have, you know, they pride themselves on programming, coaching community and community is one of those things that, that people feel whether they know the technical side of coaching or programming yeah. community is one of those things that we hear over and over. And it seems like you just fully embraced it there. So yeah, we, we've kind of, um, you know, I've kind of coined the term, you know, we call it the, the, the CrossFit Delco moment when, especially for newcomers, especially if they've never been to, to CrossFit, you know, they have that CrossFit Delco moment when they realize like, wow, I didn't just join a gym. I joined a true community. And, and that's what, that's what keeps everybody coming. You know what I mean? You could work out anywhere. Um, so it really what brings people back yeah, is, is that community. So it's a great feeling when it, when it happens. Yeah. And you had your Delco moment before you were an owner, right? You and your yes. co-owner, Andrea, were both members. So you yeah. were in it. And the opportunity came about to where the previous owner was looking to exit. You guys came together somehow or another and decided, hey, we love this gym. We don't want to go anywhere else. Let's figure out a way to buy it. What did that yeah. conversation look like? Did you feel like you prepared to be business owners so, or did you just want to keep the community alive? So one, it started out as, Hey, like we have to keep this going, you know? Um, and we realized, you know, one, uh, Andrea and myself, we feed off of each other. You know what I mean? I'm the yin to her yang and, and vice versa. And one thing we, we quickly knew neither one of us could do it by ourselves. You know, she, it just, it just wouldn't work out. She couldn't do it by herself. I couldn't do it. There's things she brings to the table that I don't have things I bring that she doesn't have. So we knew that one, we need to keep this community going Two, If we do it together, we could do it the best way possible and really just take the gym to the, to the next level. So it was a, a big, 
you know, a, a big decision. You, you know what I mean? Um, we both have full-time jobs. We both have family. So it was a big decision to make, but we knew in our hearts it was just the, the right one. And it's been the right decision ever since. Awesome. Awesome. So you guys both, as you said, have other jobs, full-time jobs. We yeah. talked a little bit off air. You're, you're remote, so you're actually able to be more flexible now than you were pre-COVID. So not that there were a lot of upsides to COVID, but, but that's been one of them for you. Yeah. What, what was your plan as far as business went? Did you just go in assuming like, hey, this business exists, there's members, we looked at the numbers, you know, it's, it's profitable, it's close to profitable. Did you take a snapshot there to know what you were walking into as far as your return on investment or if you'd have to come out of pocket? Like, what did that yeah. thought process look like? We did, we did, you know, and it, and it was something, uh, you know, we had to sit down and talk uh, for a while with, with the previous owner to make sure that it was going to work because um, the gym itself before we took over was, wasn't really profitable. Uh, you know, the previous owner and, and nothing, he was just at a stalemate for a while. He kind of lost the passion for it. So it was just always like the status quo. It was really just enough to keep the doors open, but it, we knew it could be better, you know, and, and um because because of the, the unique situation it was if we weren't there if you came from outside the street you probably wouldn't have bought the gym there really wasn't anything on paper there was no membership contract so if you were an outsider you'd be like listen i'll take the gym for free but i'm not going to pay money for it because there's nothing to show that this is going to be sustainable so we were there though you know we knew the community we knew you know the members did exist so we were willing to kind of take that chance but we sat down for a while, Andrew and myself, we knew that if we're going to do this, our goal is to just grow this gym to where it, it needs to be slowly, you know, and, and organically. One thing we didn't want to do was, was grow too big or change things too fast. You know what I mean? You really want to make sure you have your members buying and, and, and for everything we're going to do. And even now to this day, everything we want to do, we want to get involved with, we speak to the members first. If, if, if they're not on board with it, we're not going to do it because ultimately that's who we service is, is our members. But yeah, it was a big decision and we just knew is as long as we, you know, did what we knew in our hearts were right, we, yeah, we would take it to the next level. Yeah. And, and a good observation by you was that he was running it in just enough to keep the doors open and nobody gets into it to do that, especially in the CrossFit world. Yeah. We all want to give the highest level of service to our members. We want to have all the best equipment. We want to have enough space for everybody. We want to have yeah. enough barbells. We want to have enough coaches and programs and things like that. And you realize quickly when you get into the business side of it, that whether you think that you're in it for money or not, money is the engine. Profit is the engine. Revenue is the engine that lets you give a higher level of service. Absolutely. And in turn, your members get more. You feel like you're giving more and it gets into a point where sometimes someone is at that stalemate or that crossword and say, well, I can't charge more because I can't provide more value because X, Y, Z. And it just never wins, right? Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're in it for profit or not, whether you have other jobs, whatever the case may be, if it's not profitable, it's grow or die, right? Everybody Absolutely. else is getting better and doing more. So if you really want to serve your clientele the best way you can, you just have to be. There's no yeah. ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's not 2005 where like anybody that was hardcore would just find you because you were a CrossFit. The landscape yeah. isn't that. And then 
as you as you've seen, there are things that you know you come in and you have to work it and you have to adjust and you, you have to make it better. And then you feel better and the members feel better. And then you can you can continue to do things and run it the way that you want to. So absolutely good yeah. on you for, for recognizing where it was and what the potential was. And then yeah. you also right off the bat said there weren't member contracts. The business had no value. You get a bunch of yeah. depreciated equipment, a bunch of people who might leave. If someone from the outside came and bought it, they might be like, yeah, I don't care. They know you, they know Andrea. So I'm sure that yeah. helped the transition. But, but even like established CrossFit businesses and a lot of micro gyms and things like that, if you don't have people on contracts and have good equipment, maybe you own or are on your way to owning your space, that's where the value comes in the business. Yeah. Like, you know, even if you don't want to sell it, managing it like a sellable asset is always going to make it the best experience for everybody. So yeah. recognize that. Yes, you don't want anybody to be at your gym only because they have a contract. Right. The contract is only as good as you delivering day after day after day. Yeah. You have to resell people on the idea. Nobody wants somebody who's like, I'm just here because I have a contract. That's yeah. especially in that micro gym space. Yeah. So they add value, but you have to be ready to back it up. So that recognition yeah. coming in, you know, out, you know, out of a different world where you are is is very, very helpful for for growing scaling the business, keeping it alive and adding yeah. to it. And I'm sure you went in there. I was just going to say, you, you mentioned commitment. It, it is a big commitment. You know what I mean? You can't, you have to, fitness has to be a passion for you. People have to be a passion. If, because if not, eventually you're, you're just going to fail because, you know, it's, you know, CrossFit isn't necessarily cheap by any means. You know what I mean? It's, it's worth its value, but it's not cheap. So, you know, when people are paying you, you they're not, you can't have an off day. You know what I mean? That may be my ninth class of the day. And I've said a cue, you know, a thousand times, but that person came, this is, they just got off work. This is their one class a day that they come for their, their therapy or whatever. And you have to be on a hundred percent because they, they deserve that. So it, it is a commitment and you have to deliver yet yeah, all the time. So when you came in the gym, the gym wasn't as healthy as it had once been. And you came in, I'm sure with a million ideas of things you wanted to do and how you can make it better and things that you might have talked about with other clients when you were just a member. So what have you done to grow it and improve it since you've taken over? So the, 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 the biggest thing we did, you know, and we talked about this a little bit before was the community is, is what keeps people there. So, you know, sometimes the name CrossFit is great to get people in, but what, you know, gyms succeed with retention. If you don't have retention, your gym's not going to succeed. So one of the things we wanted to put out there with the, the old gym, it crossed it. It was used to be called CrossFit 484. It wasn't really known. The community didn't know, even though we were in the heart of the community. If you weren't a member, you didn't know the thing existed. So that was goal number one: was let's make sure Delaware County knows we exist. Um, that was part of the reason for the the name change. One, we just wanted something that was more Andrea and myself. But two, people love new. You know what I mean? So that in itself. It's, you know, that, that we've been there for eight years before we changed the name. But once we changed the name, it's like, oh, wow, what's that? CrossFit Delco, that's new. You know, so that was big. It was just getting our names out there, but really not just getting the name out there for CrossFit or athletes. It was like, let's get, let's, what we want to put out, let's show people what this community is, what it means to be a part of this community, how much fun we have in class, you know, all the extra things we're doing, you know, you know what I mean? All that makes a difference. So that was step number one. 
letting us show the community what we have to offer, who we are, and why they should be a part of it. How did you do that? Was it social media, hand-to-hand, -hand, guerrilla marketing, paid advertising? So, a, little bit of, a little bit of all of that, you know what I mean? Definitely hand-to-hand, -hand. that's kind of my arena. I love that, you know what I mean? I love meeting uh, people, um, definitely guerrilla marketing. Um, I got exposed to that years ago. Uh, in the martial arts world so you know that helped me there um and social media did play a big role you know what i mean that's just you know we kind of we're in the age now where that's a big piece of business and either you're on it or you're not um and you don't necessarily have to use it but if you use it right it can be a great asset so we you know we pushed uh heavily into the social media we learned as we went you know um you, you know, gyms can hire marketing teams and stuff like that. We didn't have the finances for that. So I said, hey, I love social media. I'm on Instagram all day anyway. Let me try to figure this out, you know, and there's so many tools out there that if you take the time to learn, you could figure that stuff out for yourself. You know what I mean? But we, so we use social media as a tool, but we just used our community as the heart and soul of the, the marketing and the campaigns that went into social media. Uh, and we saw, a, you know, a big, um big return on that the other thing too was just really giving the, the the gym members the best experience possible every single time they came in because now it wasn't just you know the 30 members that had been there forever that were always going to come you know what i mean it was now hey things have really changed they're telling people those people are coming in for a free class and they're like wow this is great they're going to get out their friends now because they had that great experience every single time so um, those two things alone were, were more than enough to kind of catapult us. And you said uh, off air that you're kind of a numbers and Excel, a spreadsheet guy in your other life. So I'm interested yeah. in what kind of things you track. Do you know how many people are raising their hand every month saying, you know, Mike, Andrea, Delco, I'm interested. Like how many leads, if you call it that, are coming to you and how many new clients you're signing up right now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and one of the, the 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 software that we use too for our gym management software helps a lot with that because it helps to track that. Um, so the the tracking of it isn't hard. You know what I mean? The the software does that for you. It's what you do with with that information. And it, there's so much information. It gives you some stuff is important, some stuff's not important. But there are things you should be looking at. You know what I mean? Especially if you have, you know, a new person comes in. What is their attendance looking like? Is you know. Has there been a drop in their attendance? That's something you need to look at. Why was there a drop in their attendance? You know what I mean? All those things play a, play a key role. Um, and, it, and it's funny, in, in my other life, the, the data-driven life, that's like the costume I put on. You know what I mean? For like my, my day job. It's not necessarily my passion, but the experience I have in that, yeah, definitely helps us uh, in this world because we are able to keep track. We know the data that we need to, to look at to, for retention. Yeah. yeah. So do, do you know roughly what that looks like right now? How many people are raising their hand saying they're interested in Delco and how many are becoming new clients right now, month over month? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So you are tracking that. Something else that you said when we're on this phrase of data and things that you're tracking, you brought up retention, right? Yeah. Again, your data guy, is that something that you're tracking month over month, what your attrition or retention, depending on which way you look at it, right? What percent are you keeping or what percent are you losing month over month? Is that something you're actively yeah. doing? Cool. Absolutely. Because that's the, you could, you know, you could grow month over month all you want, but if you're losing that same amount month over month, you know what I mean? It, it's, you're not going to go anywhere. So it's 
retention is always going to be the biggest piece. It, it's easy to get people in the door. That's beyond easy. You know what I mean? It's what happens after that. How do you keep them? You know what I mean? It's um, so that's really, and it's, that's the part we love because that's when we get to do what we do, which is just be ourselves, uh, give them a great experience. Yeah, retention is 100% key to success. Yeah, you can put a bucket under a fire hydrant and if it's just got a hole in the bottom, exactly. all, you're doing is, all you're doing is getting wet for nothing, yep. right? Yeah, great analogy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, th I think I might've just made that up to, I don't know. Uh, it's knows, a good one. Right? I've heard of a leaky bucket, but I'm like, fire hydrant, because you, you said like sometimes you can get a lot of leads and it's, are you going through them? Are they quality leads? Because I can yeah. give you 500 leads tomorrow and you might not want any of those people. Yeah. So, you know, that might be the fire hydrant. Whereas if you just have a steady stream and you feel comfortable with it and they're your type of people, then it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. So yeah. that, that's definitely a, a, a good way to look at how important retention yeah. is. It, at one point you just said, Go ahead. I, was, I was just going to say one thing you said that that's crucial too, is like the, the, the type of leads We're very not, I won't say picky, but I have turned people away before that. I know it would just not be a good fit. Um, if, you know, and I've been to gyms before, you know, I went to this gym and ultimately took it over. I've been to gyms where all it takes is a few toxic individuals to just sour an entire community. So that's, always a, a big thing for us is making sure yes we want to grow as much as we can but it needs to be the right fit they need to you know it, it needs to keep that community going so yeah you have to at sometimes turn away leads because it's just not in the long run it's going to hurt you yeah more leads is not always the answer more quality leads is great correct more quality and one of the best general business books that i think they're first that's called the pumpkin plan and he just really talks about keying in on the people who make you the happiest who get yeah. the best results, who end up being, you know, your lifelong members and weeding out those people who may not be. I mean, you, you can't be, if you're for everybody, you're for nobody. And Correct. That's, that's not going to let you do anything. Correct. So yeah, I, I like that, that tactic. So what does that process look like when you do find somebody who looks like they might be a good fit, they want to come in, find out more, see where they fit in your program do you have a set consultation process orchestrated? Take me through what that looks like first. We do. Coming in. We for do. So, yeah, and it, so it all depends. So when somebody reaches out, you know, the first thing we'll do is have a quick conversation. You know, you know, what are they, what, what brought them to, you know, to us? How did they find us? Um, what are they currently doing, if anything, if they have CrossFit experience? Um, so all that, all that makes a difference and all that changes how we onboard them. You know, CrossFit, doing CrossFit in the past is certainly not a prerequisite, but we will onboard you a certain way. Um, but so basically, yeah, we have that, you know, it's maybe like a 20 minute phone conversation. We go over some basic information about us. Really, it's more information about them so we could kind of start to plan their onboarding. Mm -hmm. And then depending where they are in their fitness journey, um, we will we'll, we'll usually, we'll always start with, you bring them in, we'll have a quick one-on-one -on -one assessment that it'll get them, you know, we'll, we'll show them the gym, we'll explain to them how it works, how our programming works. Then kind of just do a, a quick workout with them to kind of assess where they're at. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we have a couple options. Um, no matter what, whether you're a high-level athlete, everybody has to do a minimum of four foundational classes. Um, right. This is where we kind of get to see truly where you're at. Some people will come in like, oh, yeah, I have squatted before. Yeah, I know how to clean and jerk and this and that. And then you realize they, they, they don't know how to do it. So um, minimum four, um, no matter what level you're at. And then depending on how you do, 
we may have you do a month of, of foundational classes, two months of foundational classes, um, just to make sure that once we get you into to gen pop, as we call it, you're gonna be fine. Um, and some people are really fast track through it. Some people do one foundational class and we're like, wow, listen, you can start doing regular classes tomorrow, but we still need you to finish the, the three foundational classes. But you're at the level where you can kind of jump right in because it's, you can't just let someone jump in even if that's what they want because that's not fair to your current members. You know what I mean? That's gonna take away from them because now they have a brand new person that you know might need you know strict one-on-one -on -one coaching. So it's not fair to, to, to either party. Yeah, and how are those executed? Are they one-on-one? -on -one? Are they small group? Is there a limit to those class sizes? No, so they can be one-on-one -on -one or group. Um, if someone is really new or they're really nervous, we'll start them on one and one uh, and then we'll just invite some other members as they progress to kind of do it with them just so they start to get that class feel. You know what I mean? Um, some people love it. Um, and the foundational classes, there's no limit to it. You know, if, if there's 10 people at that particular month that are doing them, it'll be a 10 person, 10 person class. So you scale it to however many people have come in. And then you adjust your you or your coaches, whoever's executing those, instructing them. They are adjusting on the fly, but they have a bunch of people who know that they're all new together, so they Correct. can be a little more patient and understanding as they get onboarded. Correct. Correct. And the foundational classes that is only coached by myself and uh, and Andrea. Okay. Okay. Ourselves, just so. so. So if somebody's going to come in and do those, are they just paying for a regular membership? right off the bat or is that a yeah so we don't we don't charge them anything extra for that so they just they sign up as a member um and the foundational classes are included got it so i come in and i sign up whatever whatever the option is that i choose i do my foundational classes there's no extra charge and then once i'm ready you just say hey the rest of the schedule is opened up to you absolutely any class which you have a, a i think about it that's a definitely an advantage for them they're you know they're basically getting very cheap personal uh you know personal training for for a while so yeah yeah for it's sure just, and the reason we do it that way i've i've been to gyms where you know i've asked and they're like yeah it's you know it's 250 dollars to sign up for our, our beginners classes and then once you do that then you can sign up for you know regular classes and then before you know it like a month into it it's just like i just spent a lot of money you know what i mean and and that part i've never liked you know what i mean um that's just our, our philosophy yeah. yeah, and there are different schools of thought on that. You know, some people say what what people pay for, they'll pay attention to. You can gauge different levels of commitment, and at different stages of your business, different things are going to be appropriate. Absolutely. If you're, if you're going to go ahead and ask for that level of upfront investment from somebody, you need to be sure that you can you can execute, you can demonstrate the value. You have a Absolutely. sales process that's up to the task of it. Yeah. Because otherwise anybody who you might have otherwise taken on now you're now you're net negative so yep. you know and it it's a whole different ball game you can't just say tomorrow's the day i'm going to start charging for this yeah if yeah you exactly. have, if you don't have a plan you're going to find out really quickly that you know that that situation might punch you in the face exactly no it's and what you know one thing i've learned over over my years and it's it's how we run our business people you know people love People love, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know if routine's the right word, but they want standards, you know what I mean? They want there to be standards, they want there to be routine. You know, our members know our program works a specific, a certain way. Our warm up is always done a certain way, you know what I mean? The, the, 
the movement prep is always done a certain way. The, the workouts are done in a certain way. And that really, really helps because everybody learns to just become a part of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And you have a small enough staff where everybody's going to know who the new person is that just graduated absolutely. from the foundational classes anyway. So at that, at the number where you are for membership and where everything is situated, you're not, someone's not going to get lost in the shuffle. Correct. So, what is your maximum class size in this atmosphere? If you guys are listening to this down the road, you know, we're August 2021, COVID's kind of resurging. There's some mask mandates, different things in different places. Um, but for reference, what's the size of your training floor? And what are you limited to when you're restricted and not restricted for class sizes? Yeah, great, great, great question. So um, in the app itself, you know, it says that you have to reserve through the system. You have to reserve your classes. We, we have it set for a max at 16. Okay. Um, 16 seems to be that magic number when there's one coach. As you go above that, things can, can, can get tricky. There are some classes that we allow up to 20. Those are typically the early morning classes because there'll be multiple coaches there, whether you know they're just there hanging out or, or working out. So we'll allow more people in those classes because we know we have extra help. Uh, and then usually, typically, there's a few classes that are strictly, they're the people that have been there forever. Um, they don't necessarily need super, super close guidance. So anytime we have one of those classes, we'll allow a few more people to, to go in. But for the most part, yes, yeah, 16 is usually our max. And how Even big is your training, equipment standpoint. training for? So we are about 3,500 square feet. Okay. Which isn't, you know, it's not huge. You know, we, we've learned to be super creative um with 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 um you know how we utilize the equipment how we even just how we arrange the gym and we're always trying to rearrange to get the most out of that 3500 square feet yeah but in your space with you realizing the maximum attention one coach which is your standard can give that's it's super workable in that space like you yeah. said if you're creative with it so yeah and to the other thing is safety too you know what i mean you could have all the room in the world but if you're packed in and people are right on top of each other with barbells bad things can happen, you know? So it's really, we want to make sure everybody has enough room to be safe. Yeah, I mean, uh, all CrossFitters all want approximately 1,000 square feet to themselves. Yep, as so well. you have to be able to accommodate that, right? If you have a yeah, barbell yeah. and a jump rope and a box and a rig, and you don't want people running over each other, it, it yeah. really does sometimes pose some logistical Tetris that you have to do. Yeah. But like you said, if you're creative, you figure it out when you do your programming, you have the mental yeah. image, you know your space. And, and that's where, you know, you, do you do your programming in-house? Yes. Okay. One thing we're big on too, we'll, we'll do like the, the pregame setup where we'll kind of go through some practice rounds, whatever the workout is, but we will make people find, all right, hey, where's everybody doing their pull-ups? Where are you doing your box jumps? If you're doing ring rows, claim everything now so we can make sure that everybody, one, has uh, um enough equipment has enough space and if not how do we rearrange it so there's some you know I, I know some guys like with toes the bar or pull-ups they would like to jump around from different spots of the rig because they're fashion like listen there's 16 people in the class this is your spot this is their spot and uh you know we try to make sure everybody sticks to that everybody be safe yeah so small small things like that the more organized you are um, the better it's going to be. The more organized, the more fun people are going to have because you don't have people running into each other or a barbell dropping and you know bouncing into in, into somebody's leg. So and I think those are some things that I've you know I've been to some gyms where they don't think about that stuff. And 
for me, I've never cared. You know what I mean? I, that stuff doesn't bother me. But as an everyday member, you definitely don't want that happening. You know, safety is always a big concern. Yeah, totally. So looking towards the future, uh, you and Andrea have owned the place for two years. You've been members there a while. Nobody could have predicted COVID, but at least now yeah. everybody's figured out how they're going to cope with it for the most part. So what are your goals now from a business standpoint and what's your timeline for getting to them? Yeah. And you know, it's interesting with COVID. We, you know, we, we were nervous in the beginning. We stayed open as long, as long as we could. Uh, we did outside workouts as long as we could. And then when that had to stop, you know, we did zoom and everything like that. We, you know, we, we relied heavily on, on our community and providing to them as much as we could. Um, we gave away equipment, you know what I mean? I, not to keep, but you know, first come first serve, take it for two months, you know, until this is over. Um, and after COVID, we actually came back, you know what I mean? In, in, in the positive, we had a huge surge coming back out of COVID. Part of that was people being bored and wanting to now get back in, in the gym. But, you know, I think people saw how willing we were to go above and beyond during those times. So that helped us out. Um, and I think, I think going forward, you know, timeline wise, I would say within the next two years, we'd like to be at, you know, uh, maybe 250 members over the next okay. two years. Um, you know, so we, we like more than double where you are now. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And we, and again, like, you know, I say two years because, uh, you don't want to grow too fast. If you grow too fast, there's a lot of problems you, you, you can run into. Um, so it's, yeah, we want to, we like to take our time, keep it, you know, the growth organic and, and, and long-term growth, you know, it's easy. Like it's, if we really push some marketing, you know, um, we could probably get there in, in, in six months, but that's not a good long time growth, long time goal um you know you you would get a handful of members that that would last anyway but and, and again they might be bad leads so it's to me you know we want to space that out enough yeah totally so that makes sense so time frame sounds sounds realistic sounds like you have a plan do you see any other non-covid obstacles anything in your way that's that's going to be a roadblock to you getting there yeah so really the only roadblock we would see is just space Right. Um, as we and that's why I like to keep it slow, because you have to let, you know, see how many people you have. How long can we make this work? You know what I mean? And as classes starts to grow and like right now, I would say pretty much every class it consistently has about 12 to 15 people as that grows. Right. Logistically, space will matter. So that's really the only obstacle we can see right now. And right now, there's not a lot of options available. You know, as far as far as real estate, we've we've looked for a while just to kind of keep our heads out to see like, hey, if we could make this work, you know, e even if it means we don't turn an actual profit in our pockets, that's fine. As long as we can pay the bills, put more back into the gym, you know, ultimately it'll help us grow if we have that bigger space. And right now there is nothing really uh, available or nothing that you'd want. So, yeah, that that would be an obstacle. We would so need a place to grow into. That 250 won't, you couldn't do 250 where you are now. Maybe you get to 200 or. You could do it. Down. You could do it unsafely. You, you, you know what I mean? No, 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 we don't do that. Yeah, it, it would be, a, it would be a logistical nightmare, which sometimes is fun to kind of, to kind of work around. But say once safety becomes an issue, that that's a no-go. A no-go for us. Yeah, yeah, totally. So we're about up on time here. So before we let you go, Tell people where they can find you, find Delco, social media, website. Yes. Where, so where can we find Delco? You can follow us on, on Instagram, at CrossFit Delco. Same thing on Facebook, at CrossFit Delco. Our website is real easy, CrossFitDelco.com. 
Um, just look for the uh, the Phoenix and the CrossFit Delco. Um, we're trying to turn this brand into Pepsi that everybody just kind of knows what it is. Um, so uh, honestly, and if you're in Delaware County, just look around. You'll see people wearing the shirts. You'll see people wearing the uh, the hats. But yeah, CrossFitDelco.com and Instagram at CrossFitDelco. Same thing uh, with, with, with Facebook. Um, definitely follow us on Instagram. One thing we're big on aside from, you know, fitness and is having fun. So we do a lot of fun stuff. You'll get to see that on, on, on our, on our post. So definitely check us out. Perfect. All right. I appreciate your time, man. Thanks for being here. I yeah, thanks for learned, having me. learned a lot. You out there in the audience. I hope you learned a lot too. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the gym Lords podcast. If you want to be notified of future episodes, Hit the subscribe button, give us a like, drop us a review. We love the feedback. To everybody out there in Gym Lords Nation, keep changing lives, keep putting in work, keep kicking ass. Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Wayne Ellis of Be Fit, coming to you from Evansville, Indiana. Wayne, how are you today, sir? What's going on? Doing wonderful. Thanks for having me on, Joe. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm excited to pick your brain, Wayne, and, and see how we've been able to get here. This business obviously is not new to the industry. We've been around for a little while now. For the people who don't know what BeFit is, tell us a little bit of, a, of an elevator pitch. How do you describe what this business and this gym is? So um, we're definitely in the HVLP2 space, which is high value, low price. And um, so we, um, we started, um, we built our first gym, actually it started in a pole barn years ago, but when we got involved, myself, my former partner was year 2000, we built a uh, 30,000 square foot facility in a strip center. And uh, I got into the real estate part and he ran the business. And uh, out of that, we kind of grown to four locations over the last you know 20 years and getting ready to build another location right now, it's underway. So that's kind of where we're at today. Yeah, and, and so, like we said, the business has been around for a little while, but talk to us about how and when this whole thing got started, Wayne. So back in 2000, um, yeah, we, uh, uh, my former partner came and he wanted to build a full-fledged fitness center. Um, his dad had uh, a, a pole barn that had a gym in it and, and uh, they'd done, done well, you know, he was a former policeman and so he wanted to uh, take that business and grow it. And so we built a, uh, um, we built a facility that has, had group X, had basketball. Um, it was a two story where you could, you know, the cardio was upstairs overlooking the weight floor and it had a, upstairs a track. So that was our first, you know, foray into the mainstream fitness business. Yeah. And when did you move into where you're at now? Where we're at now, um, as far as location wise? Yep. 
So yeah, so we built the first location in 2000, then we came back and built a second location in 2004 in a different area, then the third location in 2007, and then in 2009, um, we bought one of our competitors and bought their location. Okay, so a couple of different evolutions of this along the way, right? We've expanded <laughs> fairly consistently. Obviously, like you said, the main meat and potatoes service of this is high value, low ticket. We're trying to get a lot of people in at a pretty affordable price. But as I understand it, there are other ways that we can collect revenue from individual members. Talk to us first and foremost about the marketing that goes into getting that low price client through the doors. How are we able to attract that type of a client? Um, so, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of components to that. So, um, you know, I think one of our, our big mantras is, um, and, and a lot of, you know, you hear a lot of people speak this, but do they really live up to it? Okay. And it's, it's, it's cleanliness and it's friendliness, right? So there's nothing more powerful than referral. You can advertise all day long, but people aren't happy with the experience when they walk in the door, then it really is all for naught. So, um, you know, we, uh, we have a culture of cleanliness that's unlike almost any fitness center you'd walk into. There's nothing on the floor. Everything has a home. We reset the entire gym four times a day. So like if we were opening up a brand new location, we had everything in place for that first person to walk through the door, we want that experience four times a day where everything's put up just like it's brand new. Every single weight's organized. And, um, you know, it took us a while to, you know, really develop that culture. But now that we have it, the members really appreciate it. And they walk in and it's clean. We never get points of cleanliness. And uh, the second component of that is obviously friendliness, right? So we want it to be more than just a hi, how you're doing. We want, you know, our front desk to use the folks' names, to enthusiastically greet them, ask them on the way out how their workout go, you know, just how's life. And uh, we strive to be very personable. And uh, it's through a culture of those two things that we're able to bring a lot of members in. Yeah. And I don't, I don't send out postcards. No, no. And, and I'm glad that you don't typically the ROI is not what it once no. was for no. direct mail. No. And, and so you rely a lot on, on reputation and what I assume is more word of mouth, organic type leads we more do. than anything else. And you know, you couple that with an aggressive social media strategy and that's, that's a lot of it right there. So. Yeah. And so Aggressive social media, I, we can certainly pick apart and, and listen and learn from that a little bit. Has that been organic? Has that been on the paid advertising side, a bit of both? What does that look like? A bit of both. Um, so we, we, we kind of go at it two different ways, okay? Um, you, you have certain, certain ads that you do to build the funnel of leads, right? And then you have another series of ads that are meant to close in the leads in that funnel, okay? So some of the ads that we'll do to, to build the funnel might be, we'll take a member, okay, and do a story about them, okay? And we'll shoot, we'll shoot a video. We put a lot of production time into these videos and we'll tell the story of someone. And the idea is not to pick the person that was 300 pounds that went down to 200 pounds, okay? It might be like, we just did one on a gal who actually she was underweight. She wanted to gain some weight. 
Okay. We've done them on, um, we've done them on, you know, mothers just had a baby and wanted to get back in shape. We've done them on people have lost a lot of weight, you know, but all sorts of different stories about lifetime goals and things like that. We've done one in depression, someone, you know, who used fitness to work their way through depression. But these, these stories, when you, when you shoot these videos and play them, you're not asking for memberships. All you're wanting to do is people to like the video or, you know, click through to look at our website or whatever, okay? There's no special attached to it, but we're just building leads. And you're trying to find someone that can say, you know what, I'm like that person. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not exercising right now, but I could be that person. And uh, so once you get those leads, then you start running the specials, you know, like, all right, hey, we got this special today. You know, it's no joining fee, month free, that kind of special, and then you make your sales. Got it, okay. Who's handling that? Is that in-house for you guys, or is that something that you outsource? No, it's in-house, yeah, we got a, you know, marketing director does all this. Okay, so we're generating leads from a number of different directions and whether they walk in off the street, whether they come from social media or a paid ad or whatever it is. Yes. I wanna hear a little bit about the process of this person is a lead. What's the process to them becoming a paid member? Uh, good question. Um, so, I mean, it's a varies per person, but, um, you know, obviously we have the the email solicitations with them, you know, often them membership stuff like that. You know, we follow it up with phone calls. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what else. Sure. So so once so do they come in for a consultation? Is this done over the phone or on a website? How are they oh, yeah, yeah. Actually question. signing up? Yeah, so 42% of our members sign up online. Okay. You know, which is up from about two or three percent two years ago. Okay, so right. drastically increased our online signups. So um, yeah, you know, used to they all came to the clubs. Now they don't. They sign up online. And that's going up every every month. Yep. And so that other sixty some percent, they're coming in. Are they sitting down with someone? Are they just signing up at a front desk? What's the process there? Yeah, we used to have salespeople that sold memberships. We've gone away from that. Uh, when we lowered our pricing, we went to uh, counter sales. So basically, we have assistant managers at the counters that run the run the show, and uh, they do most of our membership sales as well. But obviously, people come in when they're not there, so they do sign up with counter folks as well. Um, so everybody's been trained on how to give a tour. Everybody's been trained on what are the right questions to ask. And, um, and everybody's been trained in how do we get more people into the upper tier level of membership. Yep. So, um, you know, we got very specific things that we go through to get there. And um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what the process looks like. Are those the people that are directing the process of steering people towards personal training or are the personal trainers specifically in charge of finding their own clients? Yeah, so no, we do the personal training sales separate. It'd be better, honestly, if we did all at once when they came in the door. But with our with our um, with where our business up, it's really hard to do that. If you have a high school kid, you know, on a Saturday morning running the front desk, I can't have them sell personal training. They have no idea how to right. do that. So uh, no, we have um, um, there's a PT director at each location that makes the phones calls back to all the people who join. You know, talking to them about the orientation, getting them in for that. And then we do the PTA sales off the orientations when they come in. Okay. So specific people for the task. And, and I mean, typical industry suggestion would be somewhere around 10% utilization. Do you guys think, 
we're trying to grow the membership more? Do we think we're trying to grow personal training more? Do we think we're trying to grow both? What does that look like? 1000% both. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, I mean, it, you know, our, our, you know, you say utilization is 10, our, our, our managers are based upon, our bonuses are based upon 10% uh, sales of, you know, penetration PT sales. So yeah. that's when bonuses kick in. So, you know, we definitely want to get that 10% number. Yeah. And, so uh, anything above average yeah, incentivized. Exactly. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. And then we have a, uh, you know, they're also bonus on a 35% show rate for orientations. So, right. You know, that's, sign, you know, if we sign up, you know, 500 members in a month, then we want to have, a, you know, 175 or whatever come in and, you know, do the actual orientation, show up and do it. Yeah. I find, I talk to a lot of gym owners in this sort of space and almost everybody has some sort of free PT session, free trial yeah. sort of thing on the front end. And those that make it to that session usually sign up. The trouble is getting people to actually yeah. utilize that sort of service. How have you found success in getting people to take advantage of that? That's a good question um, because we've done everything wrong over the years, you know, trying to get that to happen, and we've failed miserably at it at times. And I feel like we've kind of hit our stride the last couple of years, especially since COVID. It's, it's gone a lot better. Um, you know, we're consistently in the 30s now, and um, don't always hit 35%, but we're there a lot of times. Last month, two of our clubs did it, two didn't, so that was that was fine. Yeah. Um, but um, basically, one one thing we've done is we kind of backed off. We're trying to find out what they want instead of us telling them what they should do. Okay. So we'll give people options on that orientation. You know, they can either come in and talk about goal setting, what they want to achieve and have somebody counsel them in that. Okay. Then come in and just learn how to use equipment. You know, they may not even have any interest in PT, but they want to know how to use the equipment. So we'll take them through, walk them through the treadmill, I'm going to use a treadmill, use whatever they want to use and, and walk them through that so they have more knowledge about it. Okay. Or they can do a functional movement screening if they prefer to do that. We mm -hmm. kind of put it in the members' hands as far as what they expect out of that session. And that's yep. kind of helped our show rates a little bit better. A little autonomy goes a long way. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. so giving them the choice has shown an increase in, in percentage of usage of that sort of consultation as you described it. And, and Wayne, I mean, this whole conversation has been geared around growth overall. Right. Obviously, the name of the game is getting people in keeping them in once they're in and then trying to ascend them to something else. What's the bigger picture for you here? Obviously you mentioned we have four locations currently. Are you guys happy with four? Are we trying to take over the entire state of Indiana? Are we trying to take over the world? What's, what's the longer term play for you? So, I mean, our, our goal, our immediate goals are, is to, you know, we're going to open up uh, late this year, you know, a new location in Evansville, and um, that'll replace an existing location that's too small. So um, we just don't have enough room to really, you know, service the membership in the area we're in right now, so we're building a new one. And after that, we have um, another city identified that we're moving to in 2023 that, you know, we should be able, hopefully, find a building, either purchase a building or secure a lease, you know, mid-2023, and then start on that and be open mid-2024 with our fifth location. Yeah, and always an interesting process. And, and obviously, most of the time, it's harder to go from one to two than it is to go two to any more than that. It's just right. the process of duplicating that makes it really interesting. Yeah. Um, 
what so the biggest thing with going you know, speaking to that okay the biggest thing with going to more locations is having the bench to be able to do it you know developing the talent right. in organizations where you can do that and uh, be able to replicate what's made you successful where you're at yeah and, uh, so we've worked really hard on that and i feel like we've got a very deep bench right now so yeah. it wouldn't put undue burdens on anybody to open up another location yeah i couldn't agree more and a lot of facilities that we talk to find themselves that the owner is such a linchpin and required in all of these different processes that that becomes the bottleneck in and of itself. Right. For you, Wayne, you mentioned we've done a number of things wrong over the years and the fitness industry being ever evolving like it is. I'm sure there are still things that you guys are tinkering and trying to improve on. What's the, the challenge in front of you now? What's the hurdle that you guys are attempting to overcome? Um, good question. Um, I feel, I feel like, you know, we've, we've tackled a bunch in the last couple of years. Um, COVID, you know, like it or not, you know, made you tackle a lot of stuff that you weren't expecting to tackle. Right. So, um, yeah. but I mean, I, I mean, our, our biggest thing is just, you know, building a team, you know, we're, we're, we're constantly working on that and getting the right people in place everywhere. And you know, I feel like we've done a good job at that. Um, you know, just, you know, we're, I think just when you delve down at each part of the business, okay, and, and just each part of the business standalone, is it profitable on its own? You know, does this make sense to do this? And, um, you know, we've been working, we, we sell shakes, you know, we're working on the shake part of it, and we've made huge strides this year in shakes. I mean, it's going to add a lot to our bottom line. Right. So, um, you know, that's been something just trying to make those more affordably, right, with all the costs going up and, right. and offering a menu that works for people. So our monthly shake sales have gone from 16,000 to lower 20,000 a couple of years ago to about 24,000 last year. And this month we had 42,000. So, you know, that's with the same amount of blenders, you know. Um, so, you know, you have to be in, you can't just let everything just slide and say, all right, it worked last year. Okay. So we're okay with this. It's like, how do we take this whole, each individual part of the business to the next level? Right. So that's and with a business like this, there's a lot of individual parts, right? There's so oh, many different ways to, to drive revenue yeah, with yeah, this. Yeah. yeah. We just, we just rolled out nutrition canceling. That's just starting right now. I mean, literally right now. And, uh, you know, we're excited to see where we can take that. So. Yeah. And, and I mean, there are facilities in this kind of a model that do, to your point, $20,000 a month in water, bottled water, Gatorade, oh, yeah. whatever oh, it yeah. is, snacks, protein bars, the more we can make each individual client that much more valuable, the better the business and the better the people enjoy the service, right? The yeah. longer they stick around, the more of these things that they're using, we know retention is going to improve. So well, in, in a way, when we we're in I'll be off topic here, but just going through COVID, it kind of forced us to do that, right? I mean, there wasn't a gym in the country didn't use members during COVID. I mean, nobody was at 100%. Nobody. So you're, looking, you're looking at it and saying, all right, now how do I go back and make this business? Where do I get money out of this business with less members? So it kind of forced us all to be better at what we're doing. Yeah. And the ones that didn't aren't Why around not? anymore, Why not? unfortunately. Why not? That's sad. Yeah. And it is what it is. But Wayne, I... I really, really appreciate your insight into this. That's probably a pretty good place to begin to wrap our conversation up. But before we sign out entirely, I want to give you the chance to tell people where they can learn a little bit more about the business. Is there a good website where people can go? Yeah, yeah. We just um, we just have a brand new website. It's called B.fit. 
So there's no .com, no .org, no anything. Just be.fit is a website. Be.fit. So, yeah, yeah. Simple and easy. Yeah, exactly. I want to make it easy. So, yeah. I love it. Wayne, I really appreciate your time. I always, I think that fitness people and, and business owners in general really benefit from this type of conversation. If nothing else, then to work through our own thoughts and think about where we can improve within our own business. So I really, really appreciate your time oh, and your welcome. contribution here. And I'm excited to see what location number five comes to be in the future of this business for you. So yeah. thank you. And we wish you nothing but the best. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you want to come join us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Anytime Fitness in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, Matt Zupanski. How are you doing today? Really good. How are you? Doing great, man. Let's, uh, let's dig in. Tell me about your club. What flavor is your Anytime? Uh, what's the feel? What's the vibe there with you? Yeah, so when you come in the doors... You know, you're always greeted by me or my mom. We're partners in this, and we shoot for that, like, mom and pop family restaurant. We want everybody to feel like family when they come in. It uh, just leads to a fun, great environment where you get to know a lot of people, and uh, everybody feels comfortable and welcome. Awesome, man. So um, you didn't just wake up one day and decide that that was what you were going to do. There's some background and some history uh, with you in the in the fitness and wellness business, so tell us uh, where it started. Where'd you get the bug, and what's the uh, what are the milestones looked like since then? Yeah, so when I was a kid, I was a hyperactive kid, like would never calm down. And you know, my grandfather one day he's like, you know what? Let's do some push-ups. I'm like 10 years old doing some push-ups. He's like, all right, let's run across the field, run across the field. All right, now let's do some squats, some sit-ups. So. We started doing this. I started getting calm. I started getting better grades in school. I started like not being a pain in the rear end. Um, and from there, it just like kind of kept growing my like love for exercise. So it started with like a little bit of working out and then a lot more working out. And at about 13, 
I told my mom, I want to go to a gym. I want to lift some weights. I was like reading Arnold Schwarzenegger's encyclopedia bodybuilding like every day. And uh, we went to a couple local gyms. I'm from a little bit smaller town in Ontario and none of them would have a 13 year old kid. Finally, we found this like underground in a back alley powerlifting weird equipment gym and they're like yeah but she's got to come with you and it's got to be at like six in the morning and so my mom's like if you get up I'll take you so she started coming with me going to the gym and I'm lifting in the corner and yes it was a powerlifting gym so they're big dudes lifting heavy weights that early in the morning and they wanted nothing to do with this little punk kid trying to like build his arms and not know what he's doing. After about two, I'm going to say like two months, one of those guys came up to me and he's like, Hey, do this. When you deadlift brace here, do this. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I did it like a week later, he comes up. It's like, Hey, do this when I'm bench pressing. I'm like, all right. And I do it. And then about two days later, they go up to my mom and they're just like, hey, if you drop them off, we'll take care of him and make sure he doesn't get hurt. And I started powerlifting with these guys. So by the time I like hit high school, I had been wrestling, weightlifting. I was like jacked and lean and bigger than everyone else. So wrestling through high school, then, you know, lifting weights. Like even guys would be like, I think he's on steroids. I wasn't on steroids. All I did was work out. I literally woke up, worked out, left school, worked out. <laughs> like I was addicted. My first gym was at a, or my first job was at a gym called Push Fitness. And it, it was awesome. The gym was high end in like a town where you don't really have high end stuff. So it was really nice had a trainer that kind of took me under his wing and taught me some stuff, made me want to be a trainer. Long story short, joined the military. My parents moved out to Calgary. And when I left the military, they were out here. So I transitioned out here. They had a restaurant. I was working at their restaurant. A couple people were like, Hey, you work out. Will, will you train me? I'm like, well, yeah, but I can't train you at a gym. So like, let me put some stuff together. And I built out my garage garage started building and building more people wanted to come so I transitioned to full-time personal training out of my garage it was like 300 square feet and had like 30k worth of equipment in it and I made it I made it work I I got really good at space management for having a lot of stuff but not taking up a lot of floor space I was outgrowing the space and this is where the anytime comes in I go to my parents and I, my plan was like, go rent a warehouse bay and just keep doing what I'm doing, grow small. And my parents, their, their restaurant was a franchise. So my dad sat me down. He's like, well, let's look at some like gym franchises, some smaller ones. I heard about, I think it was Snap Fitness. So we looked up Snap Fitness. We did like a preliminary phone call with them. And I was like, I don't know if that's for me. And then we looked into a few others. I'm not even sure the name of a few of them. And then we came across Anytime. We read about it. We did the preliminary phone call. We talked about it for a couple of weeks and then we decided, you know what, Let, let's do it. We had to come up with a little bit more money than like I was comfortable with. And it is what it is, but long story short, we ended up here. There was a few hiccups along the way. So while I was out of town in Minnesota learning how to run an anytime fitness, 
our contractor took off with a bunch of our money. Oh no. So luckily he didn't realize how pissed I was going to get. And long story short, I got that money back, but we were out of contractor and limited on time. So when everybody's pre-selling me any times, like they were like, you got to hammer the pre-sale, hammer the pre-sale. I hired a kid. He's pretty good in sales. He, He did all right. I ended up having to build the gym. The only thing I didn't do was plumbing and electrical because I don't mess with that. I've got a carpentry background. I did all the framing, drywall, painting, floors, the equipment. When they brought it, the installation company for the equipment, they double booked and they decided to screw me over because I was a smaller gym. So the guy's like, well, I can't come back for three months. We open two weeks from that day. And I'm like, well, leave it on the lawn. I'll call some buddies. I called some buddies and we moved in 30,000 pounds of equipment by ourselves, put it together and we're ready to open like the next day, even though we had some leeway. So yeah, it was a, it was a little bit of a struggle getting in and, but it, it, it's been worth it. Like, I like it. I like what I do, but that's what kind of brings me to where I am and, and what I do. Awesome, man. So yeah, you've, uh, you've definitely been thrown a couple of curveballs, but I guess it adds a little adventure, right? Puts, puts a couple notches on the belt. So, um, to, to go down that a little bit more, uh, I'm always interested, especially when people go the franchise route, especially since it sounds like it's not like you were in any time and a trainer and a devotee and you're like, yeah, I, you know, I bleed purple. Like you actually did your due diligence, checked out a few gyms. What were some of the big things that stood out to you with any time that made you go in that direction? Well, so I'm not going to, I'm like, I'm not going to lie at all. Um, I was hesitant until like my second year owning it because I had built my own brand of training and stuff. And this was like membership base. And like, as much as I love it, my forte isn't necessarily sales so I was like oh man now I gotta put on like a sales hat and a marketing hat and all this so I was pretty hesitant you know the thing I did like is there's always someone from anytime I can call right and I can bounce ideas off of and they're like hey there's a gym in Toronto that has a similar situation as you you want me to put you in touch with their owner so then I get to call them talk to that owner and we get to share so there's like it, it was like, I'm a part of like this owner to owner, franchisee to owner, like collective where you can pull a lot of information. Sometimes when I'm going on like our franchisee website now, there's too much information, but it's, you type in something you're trying to look up and you get like 800 articles and I'm like, delete the wow. old ones. Like there's stuff from like 2017. I'm like, why is that still in there? That's, we're not doing it anymore, but it's, you know, walking through them I'm like I can make this work you know they had a a group training area they had they had some of the the bare bones what I liked uh does my anytime look a little different than other people's yes but I need it to go with I have a solid training background and client basis I have a couple clients that have been with me for six seven years one of which became one of my best friends because we've been together so long but the way I train, like 
I've never used a selectorized machine with my clients. I've never used a leverage machine. We stick to kettlebells, dumbbells, barbells. So my anytime, and I've noticed a lot of anytimes in Calgary now because people start mentioning it, we have four squat racks going on five. And it's because I try and teach every person that walks in my gym how to squat right, how to bench press right, how to deadlift right foundational movements and get them away from things like leg presses and stuff where I see as more rehab devices as opposed to preventative and structural. Got it. Okay. So I like that you have this unique spin and you, you stay within, that's one of those things that, that we hear a lot, or I've heard a lot from, from other anytime owners is, they give you some guidelines, they give you some support, but you're not, you're not forced to have this exact equipment, this exact layout. They give you some flexibility to say like, hey, it's gonna look and feel like in any time, but if your training style, if your community, if it matches and demands this, then you can go a little heavy onto, onto X, Y, Z. So it's not, it's not super, super controlled. It's just a matter of like, hey, we're there if you need us for most of the stuff, but let's be careful with our brand. Yeah. So like, that's the thing. Like if I bring in an extra squat rack or a, a piece of equipment, I stay on color brand. Everything feels like in any time. It's just, you know, when we, when we first opened, we had four squat racks. And I noticed when people would check out our anytime from other anytimes, they're like, oh, my gym has like a power rack and like a half rack in the corner and they're always busy. And because it's an anytime and it's a 24 hour, we're not allowed to have like your standard bench press because there's no safety spotters on it, right? So right. it has to be squat racks. So on a Monday, you know, chest day Monday, if you only have two squat racks and everybody wants to incline bench, flat bench, decline bench, you're hooped. So I'm like, man, I need four of these things at a minimum. Like I'm 3,500 square feet. Even if I'm training a client, I'm taking up a squat rack. So we need to have some, you know? So I weighed the pros and cons of other pieces of equipment. And then when someone would come into my anytime and they're like, hey, I've been to this anytime and they have this. How come you guys don't have this? I'm like, well, what are you trying to do? They're like, I want to work my hamstrings. And I'm like, come here. I'm going to give you five hamstring exercises where you don't need a single machine. Let's go over this and I'm going to see what works best for you. I take them to the side and I show them that stuff. And that's like, that goes back to like the community we build. Like it almost feels like you're going into a CrossFit gym in the sense that like when you come in, a ton of people know each other, a ton of people know the owners. Like I've had a lot of people come up to me and be like, I've been to a ton of gyms, a ton of any times, a ton of this, a ton of that. And I've never met the owner of a gym before. And I see you every day in here, whether you're with clients, talking to people, doing work or working out. You're in here every day, just grinding it out. I'm like, oh yeah, I love this. This is what I do. Like, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, and you mentioned that it kind of can almost feel like a CrossFit gym. Um, do you think some of that owes to the fact that you've part of your background was you know, training in CrossFit, being around that and in picking and choosing what parts of that from a, from a community aspect, because it's a very different business model and, and methodology, yep. but from the community aspect, things that you liked 
kind of pick these pieces over the years? Is that something you think you consciously did or just more who you are? I, I knew it. Like anytime has these conferences and they're like, what separates, like they try and compare themselves to other gyms and stuff and other cultures and stuff. And they're like, what, what stands out when you think CrossFit or whatever? And like, I've been in a lot of CrossFit gyms. I've competed at a lot of CrossFit gyms. Everybody knows everybody. And I'm like, you want to know why these are successful? Community. Community to me builds a gym because like, even if you're like, ah, do I really use the gym? It's like, you know, 10 of my friends go to the gym. Like we've got an entire hockey team here that started with one kid and me helping them. And now there's like 30 kids from this hockey club or whatever that all come in and train here. You know, I say kids, they're like 20, but like they're, they're all here because it's a community. Right. And that, I don't know, it community and like that want to be a part of something more than just a gym, I think can really help build a gym. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's a good building block. I don't think there are a lot of the only places that I see try to get away from it are these real high volume, high turnover models um, in metropolitan areas where they know they're going to have high churn. It doesn't matter if they know, like, you know, I put 50 people in a class and, you know, it's 45 minutes and then you're out the door immediately or go to the showers where we're putting the next people in there. Those same things are going to, it's almost like waving the white flag. Like, Hey, we're going to have high turnover anyway. That's part of our model. So we're not going to encourage people to build any sort of relationships. So um, I think, I don't know if it's pick your poison or what, but uh, yeah. For me and for a lot of you know, a lot of owners and managers that I talk to, it's like the least enjoyable part of the process a lot is, is the sales and marketing side and bringing new people into the community because we put a lot of effort, we put a lot of energy into these relationships and don't see, um, we don't see it as transactional. So we want, we want Mary and Bob to keep coming for two, three, four years we're not looking for that. Even if there's more dollar signs potentially assigned to it, most of us are like, no, not, not the way that we want to go. So um, I don't know if that's why they tend to have more of an investor model than an owner operator, but there definitely is a market difference between how that goes. So um, for you, I mean, your, your parents also, the other thing is legitimately had, had or have a mom and pop restaurant. So, you know, again, the value of that, the feeling of it. So as you've built the gym up and as you've staffed it out, it's you, it's mom. Um, you've got, you got a gentleman um, who is a trainer and a salesperson who has a strong background there. Um, you've built the team out and then a couple of more trainers. It's easy to do it when you're an owner, you're an operator, you're involved. Uh, I'm sure your mom is just as invested as you are, but as you've grown this, the team, how have you scouted the type of people there to keep that feeling um, and, and train them into it. So like for, for the longest time, it, it was me training out of here. And then a women's only gym closed. And one of their head trainers, she was going around, she's been a trainer forever and she's fantastic. Her name's Lori. She came in and she's like, oh, I'm looking for like a space to bring my clientele. 
Uh, I was wondering if you wanted to sit down and have a meeting. I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, come on in. And usually when I'm like hiring somebody, I want to have like a free flowing conversation. You know, I want to know these people and kind of get to know them and vet them out. And usually I want to do a workout with them because I can tell a lot about a person and their personality by how they work out. And if they're like fun to be around when they're working out. Lori was a delight. I had to run. She's a runner. I hate running. <laughs> so I did, I did a run. We, we got to talk to each other and, you know, right away we, we clicked and we both had like a rehab background in training and fixing people and stuff like that. So we clicked there and then my mom just happened to come in during the interview and the two of them ended up talking the whole time. I'm like, Oh, this is going to work. Perfect. So we ironed out some details, came up with like a, cause she's a contractor. So we came up with a contract and, and it's been awesome. She's, I think she's going on like three years with us now. And I hope she stays with us forever. Cause she's awesome. I just love being around her. She's a great time. Um, and then Emily was, she came in and she asked, she's like, I'm taking this university training program. We need to intern somewhere. She was a member at our gym. She's like, would you be interested in taking me and my boyfriend on? And I'm like, sure. Right. Like I don't got to pay someone and I'm going to help clean the gym and whatever. Super nice person. So we got to build her up because she was already there. She was already a part of the community. So that one was pretty easy and she did good in school. She's a great programmer. You know, everybody's got to work on sales because everybody gets into personal training. They don't think they have to sell anything, but it's like, you got to sell yourself the hardest thing in the world to sell. So, you know, and it's going to go and we develop it. We have talks, Lori helps her. I help her. And especially with our new trainer slash salesperson, uh, Kenneth, he's just so good at sales that like I can see everybody already raising their game and he's been here for three or four weeks now. And like our meeting, me and Kenneth, it was like random. He's like, oh, you do this? I do this. Oh, you own a gym? I've worked in gyms my whole life and I'm trying to find a new place and how I fit. And I'm like, well, you know what? Come down, do a workout with me. Let's uh, have a conversation. So we worked out and then we sat in my office and then four hours later, we're still freaking talking. And I'm like, well, let's give it a try on like a trial basis or whatever. And then after the first week, it's like, okay, this is it. This is the guy I need. A, we banter back and forth with dumb movie quotes like most guys do. And nobody else, no female ever understands how guys can have all this useless knowledge. And it's, it, it's wicked because he comes in, he's got a notebook full of ideas. And then we go through the anytime stuff, the stuff that the franchise has to help boost the, the gym and what direction they're going on. And we just like, we take it. We're like, this is how we make it for us. This is how we use this. This is how we use this. And like our game plan moving forward is fantastic. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's a good team. And he's like one of the most likable people I've ever met. So, yeah. So you're really, it's, you know, background, um, coaching ability, all that stuff, the, that that's important but you're also screening real hard for culture fit people that you're going to get along with that you think are going to fit the vibe of the gym. Um, and then, you know, working with that more than someone who has, you know, a, a CV full of credentials, but the personality of a brick. Yeah. I like, I've got to be able to have a conversation with the person. If I can't have a conversation, it's going nowhere. 
Yeah. Because like, there's times I got to have him in here. And if I'm not getting anything back, you know, like it, it's even funny, me and him will be having a meeting about some marketing stuff. And I almost can tell he can tell I'm getting burnt out on marketing talk because a lot of it goes over my head. I like, I'm an 80 year old in my head, man. I'd like computers are pain in the rear end. Um, but he'll just like crack some random movie quote that goes along with it. You have a two minute laugh off topic and then we're right back on and into the meeting, you know? So it's good. That's awesome, man. So a couple more things on the topic of staffing. One, you touched on it a little bit, but um, besides the regular gain muscle, lose fat, you know, run, run faster, go longer, you also delve into the corrective exercise more, some rehab stuff. Um, how much do you think that helps um, your positioning as far as, you know, competitive advantage, the community that you're servicing, thing, things like that, and how much of it is just is just straight up interest in it, in that aspect of things. So what, like at first it was slow because I, like I'm in shape. People don't really think when they see me train because I train pretty hard that like I'm gonna know stuff about like rehab, prehab, all that kind of stuff. And especially because like most people aren't in the gym long enough to see me warm up. I usually warm up for like 30 minutes to 45 minutes. And then I work out for two hours. So I go through a bunch of cycles of people. So like, oh man, this guy's like crushing this workout. You just get injured. It's like, no, 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 I'm warm. I'm good. I know what I'm doing. And then at the end, I do corrective stuff. Um, whereas when Lori came in, like 90% of her clients are like, she's just fixing people. Like they're not there to lose weight. They're not there to do anything. Like we've got, we got a lady that ran marathons and her doctor's like, yeah, you're never going to run it again. You're broken, whatever. In the past, like two months with Lori, she's running again. And her doctor's like, oh, we were going to give you cortisone injections. She's like, why? For pain management. She's like, well, I'm not in pain. Why do I need this? And like, that's what she brings to the table. You know, I had a girl in the gym. She was doing heavy hip thrusts. I'm like, the one day I was like, hey, I don't want to be rude, but like, you're doing this little pelvic tilt thing here. I like, can I show you how to do a hip thrust so you save your back? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's young. She's like, oh, it kind of blew me off. Well, she got sick, went to the hospital, got an injection in her back and they put it in and it ended up being put into a protruding disc that they didn't know was there because she looks fit, healthy, young. And it aggravated it so bad that she couldn't even like walk. And she came to me, she's like, you were right. I was messing up my back. Can you help me? Well, she's been with me, I'm going to say over a year now. She ain't doing hip thrusts no more, but she's got what she was looking for. Build the glutes, strong legs, stuff like that. We've just done it different ways. You know, Roman deadlifts, squats, lunges, like, and then movement patterns. Like she had tight hips, no external rotation. So we regained that with some mobility protocols and, you know, we focus pretty heavily and the more people are feeling it, the more people have come in. Cause it's like, it's like uh, the movie fight club, first rule fight club. Don't talk about fight club, but no one can shut up about it. That's what they're doing. So it, it's helping. And one of our campaigns moving forward is like, Hey, if you've got some issues, come see us. We're going to help fix it. So. Awesome. So that that in and of itself um it's it's one more thing that feeds in um you know people who come in and 
You don't have to turn them away if they've got special circumstances. You can scout that out within the floor, but also that you build a relationship that's going to lead to longer client retention. And that's one of your strong suits with the business. Um, we've touched on it, you know, the community aspect, the culture fit of the trainers, you know, being able to help people in a corrective fashion versus just, you know, doing some bodybuilding or some weight loss stuff. So what other things do you feel like contribute to you having uh, this high retention metric? So for us, it's like, I'm here every day. My mom's here multiple days during the week. And the thing is, I go out of my way to have conversations with people, talk to people. Even if there's like something I could be doing that might need my time a little bit, I'll take that extra five minutes. A, it gives me mental release, but you get to ask someone how their day is going, what's going on in their life. You know, you find out things about them and then they feel a part, a part of the gym. Like it's their gym, not just my gym. Right. Like when they come in, it's like, Hey, Bob, Hey, Fred, how's it going? How's your kids? You know, Hey, did you move into your new house? How's that going? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you start to know things and, and people come in and they're just like, it's crazy. Like I know the owner of my gym and he's like a good dude or the other owner, Doris. And she is a delight. Like everyone, like my mom's an angel. She's a sweetheart and everybody just loves her, especially females because she has three boys. So having three boys, having a bunch of girls around fixes that uh, daughter need. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's one way to look at it too. So really it, it just, it continually just boils down to people more than anything. Just, it's not tips and tricks and tactics. You're not, you're not trying to uh, Jedi mind trick people into staying an extra month. You're just trying to be good people to each other. Just trying to keep that, that community going there. So um, as far as, um, you know, the, the basics, the, the nuts and bolts of, you know, what you're doing right now, to get interest in the gym as, as anytime makes the move more towards coaching and, and training facilities versus general access. I know you don't love the marketing and, and sales side of things too much, but best practices for you, where are you finding, you know, your best clients are coming from and do you have any sort of structured onboarding process uh, versus signing up for a membership and just kind of letting them find their own way? So you're, you're always going to get that guy who comes into the gym. He knows everything. He goes into the gym and there, I, I like, I can tell right away. I'm not going to bother those people with it, but like we have a lot of people that come in and they're like, Hey, like what's the deal with training and, and, and stuff like that. I'm like, Hey, I offer a free personal training session for everybody. And that can be what you do, what you want. You know, like if you just want to come in, learn some stuff, or if you want to like dive deep and let's assess your goals. Let's, let's figure out your why for coming in here today. And maybe we can build on that. And through that process, we're able to like, we do that one-on-one -on -one and then we figure out why they want to be there. And if we can help them achieve that, why a lot of times they're going to turn into a client. Right. And sometimes people can't afford it. And you know what? I'm going to knowledge dump on them and I hope they retain at least 50% because then they're going to get a lot out of it. But like moving forward, um, especially with where anytime is going, uh, we've come up with like every gym has an enrollment fee. And a lot of times gyms have to waive it or discount it or something just to close that sale. 
well, we're going to bring value to it by using what Anytime's already doing and turning it into our enrollment fee. So it'll be like, hey, I know the enrollment fee is high, but like, look, we can give you this, this, and this, like diet plan, workout plan, get you started, get you feeling good in the gym. And like, you know what, you can attend two of our group classes on us kind of thing. And it, and then they get to like, feel the training, see the training. It's, it brings in that, that day one little extra revenue coming in. And it's not such of a, a hiccup in the road as it's, more of like a, a tool like hey we're giving you this it's a sale it's a sales approach but it, it it works like people love it like Kenneth alone in the past two days just testing it out on some tours not only sold a membership got both people signed up on our get started package so it immediately turned a day one sign up to an additional you know roughly 100 bucks each you know, and, and not just to like be about money, but those are people that like, we're going to be able to help and change. So. Yeah. People who, who invest more generally pay a little bit more attention. They show up more. They, they do different things if, if they can afford it. doesn't mean if all you can afford is a basic membership that, you know, you're, you're alone life and you're never going to get any results, but if they can people yeah. who make that investment, it usually means they're, either they have, have the money and they have the time and they can do it, or for people who have less money and do it, they're prioritizing it even more. Canceling Netflix, eating out less, whatever it is, prioritizing their health and fitness. And then one of the other things I want to come back to on this is you said you're there, you're at the gym all the time. So you know, hey, I can give somebody information. I can be there to help, but I don't have to put pressure on them because I'm there all the time you can have those conversations. You can walk by and just be like, Hey, can I give you a tip? Can I show you something? And I'm sure that translates somebody into saying like, Hey, can I do one or two sessions to make sure I'm doing these things right? Or, you know, can you write me a program or, or something like that? So because you're there and you're so involved, you don't have to get it all up front. Not that it's not nice to know someone's going to come in and do things, but yeah. they're not just lost in the shuffle you're seeing them, you know, their names, their kids, their, their dogs, whatever the case may be. So, yeah, exactly. So I think this, we've painted a really good picture of where you are now. Um, so what does the future look like? What do you, what do you want to do with the business? Um, are, are you thinking this is going to be, is it a one and done? Will you have any other fitness businesses branch out into other things? Like what are the, what are the long-term goals for you and for the gym and they don't necessarily have to be the same uh, but i'm sure there's some overlap there yeah um like as for the gym like you know if, if i could hold on to it long term yeah that'd be great do i want to open a second one if i could build this into something where and, and as much as i want to build community but like i find i i find if i stepped away and opened a second gym right now i couldn't give the same love I would need to build somebody up into my role that could do the same thing I do every day. And with my new hire, that's what I'm trying to do because with him, that could give me the freedom to potentially open another one and do the same thing and then work with him to build that up. But like right now, short term, we're trying to, I want to build him up so then we can build up a bigger training team to go along with the brand image of where anytime wants to go. Plus, I just love being around trainers because they're fun to talk to. Um, and 
I also like picked up a hobby of doing jujitsu now as an adult and I'm, I'm all in on it. It's like my, my free time, kind of what I do. I wouldn't mind combining a gym with jujitsu one day, you know, as I rank up and can actually teach jujitsu and stuff like that. Just, I love teaching exercise, but the little bit, like I've, I've taught a wrestling class and I'm, I'm, I've been asked to teach wrestling. I, I love it. There's something about it. There's something about, I don't know. I, maybe I just like to fight. I don't know what it is, but you know, it, that. yeah, it's, it is what it is, but it's a, it's opening doors in my brain to what I could do in the future, having like a hybrid facility or even just having one attached where the jujitsu gym could send us people for their strength and conditioning. And we could send people in there for, you know, self-defense, you know, a lot of females know my background and they're like, Oh, you should run a self-defense class. And I'm like, nah, I'm not running that in here. <laughs> like that doesn't really work in the gym environment, but like, in that environment, it's fantastic. Like they do run self-defense courses there. And it's, there's, I think there's a way to blend it. Like they don't necessarily have to be the same gym, but like side by side in the same building and having that like co-op, like, you know, my, my instructor at jujitsu has a bunch of guys that are getting ready to compete. They're going to be coming over here and I'm going to be running the strength and conditioning portion of their fight camp. So it's bringing in an influx of new members also new training clients and a new avenue of being a fight camp. So, you know, it's something to bring in and have fun with. And I say fighters, but these are like, these are like dads that do it on the weekend and they just want to go, you know, test their skills on the, uh, on a weekend tournament. It's nothing, we're not going to like the world jujitsu champions or chips or anything, but you know, they want to get in shape, lose some extra pounds, feel good. You know, when you live past, 30 and 40, you know, injuries creep up and these guys want to do their sport, but feel good. So that's kind of where I want to, I want to grow into. And now that I'm doing the sport, I'm like, man, I could build a program for this. So who knows? I could have a jujitsu strength program gym one day. The sky's the limit on that. I don't think I'll ever leave the fitness industry. And it's just, I, I love doing what I do. Yeah. I, I mean, I've seen, I've seen a lot of combinations, man. And, and I can tell you, I've seen some really cool, um, cool gyms that have, that have mat space for jujitsu, MMA, different, you know, different combat sports, and then have, you know, in the next room, strength and conditioning. And, you know, people, one of the things you point out too, as we get older, not only uh, do we, you know, build up injuries or different things like that, Sometimes we just, we get a little bit of like exercise ADD. And I think that's sometimes where CrossFit fills a little gap or a niche there. But even then it's like, Hey, like, I don't want to get beat up. I don't want to, I don't want people throwing arm locks on me five days a week, but yeah. I want to be active. So maybe I'll go and I'll, you know, I'll hit some cardio or I'll lift some weights and then three days a week, you know, I'll roll around on the mat and do some grappling or whatever. So I've seen the model work. Um, and if you have the passion behind it and, and already some experience, it sets you up for more success. So hopefully, you know, we'll see something, see something like that. And, um, yeah. you know, I think it, it just comes out of you when you're talking that there's, you know, this, this probably isn't going to be it just because you seem to have this desire to just help more people impact, you know, bigger swaths of society. And, 
And if you love jujitsu, then, then what the heck? Yeah, exactly. Awesome, man. Well, we are, are just about out of time. Uh, any, any parting words of wisdom, any big lessons you've learned along the way, anything that you'd like to tell aspiring business owners, coaches, trainers out there that, that served you well, that you'd like to share? On the business side, I think the best piece of advice, and I wish someone would have gave it to me because I have to find it and I try and teach my mom this. If someone cancels, it's not a hit on you. They're just canceling. You know, don't stress about these small things. All you can do is regroup, recover, and go again. So like at the end of the day, when I go home and I'm spending time with my wife, I've met a lot of business owners that can't do this, but like the second I get home and me and her are having dinner, I'm not thinking about work. I'm not talking about work. We're, we're, we're planning our house. We're planning a vacation. We're planning our life. And yeah, we do talk about work. Usually we go on a walk and that's when we talk because you got fresh air and sunshine and that raises endorphins. So you don't get in arguments when you talk about stuff like that. So it kind of makes it easier, but like, I like to be present in everything I'm doing. When I'm with my wife, I want to be as present as possible. When I'm at the gym, I want to be as present as possible. And you know, your mind wanders, you go on your cell phone, you look at Instagram, crap happens. You know, the best we can do is, you know, try our best to do that. But detaching from the wins and losses, you know what you should do? Celebrate your wins, celebrate that new member, that new promotion that worked, like marketing promotion. like celebrate those things but when something bad happens if it's if it's not gonna crush you then it, it just happened like it's in the past the second it happens it's already in the past so stressing about it isn't gonna change it my grandfather gave me the best advice i ever got he's like there's uh two types of stress there's stress you can do something about so get off your lazy rear end and do something about it and then there's stress you can't do. And he always said like, related to like politics, you can vote, but is it really gonna do anything? You know, sometimes it doesn't, but he's like, why stress about it? Cause you can't actually change it. You know, if someone cancels and they're gone, I can't change that. Like, yeah, maybe I can, but for the most part, you really can't change it. So I'm not gonna stress about it when I go home. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna cook a steak, I'm gonna have dinner, and I'm gonna have a conversation with my wife and play with my dogs. It's good. And then for trainers, don't just focus on getting your clients abs and losing weight. Get them to think of what they really want. Like one of my clients, he's going to Greece with his husband and he's always wanted to be in shape, stuff like that. I'm like, how about this? Let's get in really good shape. And I want you to find a cliffside because I've seen pictures of Greece. It's beautiful. I want you arms spread out on top of that, like hillside, mountainside, over the ocean, shirt off, just pumped. He's like, I'm, a, and I'm like, isn't that better than having shredded abs? I'm like, you already feel comfortable with your shirt off now. So let's just highlight it when you're in Greece and like get it even better. And he's like, that is awesome. Right. And I always, with him, I call it his ice cream because he's addicted to ice cream. I'm like, let's change the food ice cream into the moments in life ice cream. So that, that picture in Greece is his ice cream. Work hard now, go have your ice cream. Badass, man. I love it. Love it all. 
This has been a great episode. I wish we had more time. We could dive into a, a hundred more topics, but we are out of time for today. I really appreciate you spending a little bit uh, of your afternoon with us. I look forward to checking in on you. I wish you continued success, sir. It's been a blast. Yeah, thanks, man. It's been fantastic. Awesome, awesome. And everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. We wouldn't be here without you listening. I hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you want to hear more, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.